Good afternoon, everyone. Afternoon. Can you all hear me okay? Yeah, if you can't, give me a wave during the sermon, then um, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something. <laughs> just the words from that song that we were singing earlier, uh, I just want to repeat back to you, and uh, I want to just be hopefully honouring what God is putting on my heart this afternoon for each one of us and for myself. And um, just allow these words once again just to sink into your heart. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. Just hear the words. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I feel as we were worshipping this afternoon that it always struck me that each one of us, and none of us I think are exempt from this, at the moment, as we have walked into this building this afternoon, are, are fighting a battle of some sort. Whether it's in our hearts, a battle of anxiety, a battle with the past, the mistakes that we might have made, a storm that's going on in a relationship, a trial at work or lack of work. And actually, that I want to challenge us today. The beautiful thing about coming here this afternoon is that it breaks tradition, it breaks norm of what we normally do. We, we, we turn up at um, the Queen Catherine, we set up, we have worship, we have the word and we go again. And there's nothing bad with that, I'm not trying to diss that, but actually it's sometimes good to come out of our comfort zone a little bit and be in a different space, a space where the Holy Spirit is still present, still working, still wanting to do work in our own lives today. And I feel that really strongly for each one of us, that God has got us here for a reason. He's got us here because he loves us and he wants to do a work on us. But it's up to you whether you want that to happen. But the fact that you've walked into this building, I think, in some part demonstrates you kind of want God to do something. Or I hope it does. How expectant are you this afternoon that actually God can do a breakthrough in that situation, that battle that you have going on in your life. Because I'm believing in that. In these next 20 minutes during the worship, I'm believing that actually that breakthrough that you may have been waiting for for years and years or months or weeks or minutes, whatever it might be, that actually we can begin to see that breakthrough. Amen? It's okay to give me an amen now and again. It's okay. Even in the Old Testament, you saw um, the amens coming out. So for us today, will we allow God in the spirit that is happening right now, it's moving amongst us. In the words that we sung out so beautifully, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I am surrounded by you. Can we just close our eyes just for a moment? So Father, I welcome your spirit in this place. Father, I pray Holy Spirit, come like a fire, like a rushing wind. Come move in those situations, that battle that is raging in our lives today. Come move in power, I pray. As we surrender once again to your will. Lord, we are expectant from you. We want to hear from you today. We want to hear from your word. We want to hear from what you have for our lives, the next step that we must take, both as individuals but also as a community here. Lord, we are here. 
come breathe your spirit in us, I pray, through your word. Amen. We'll continue our series um, in Thessalonians, and I've got the privilege of speaking on 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, and it's, it's a great chapter. Um, it, it kind of carries on from um, a few verses in chapter 2, um, and what Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, and I'm going to read it in its entirety if you don't mind, um, but it's a really interesting chapter, because... Most often when you read what Paul has to say to the early church, he normally comes with a bit of a challenge, a challenge of sin, a challenge of disunity. But actually this passage is so unique because it has none of that really. It's actually almost, if you don't mind me saying, it's kind of like a love letter in regards to a community that Paul adores, but he helped form and plant. And he's writing to them with such adoration such longing, because he says this, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one will be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well in that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. It turned out that... the, at the that way as you well know for this reason when I could stand it no longer I sent to find out about your faith I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you but our labors might have been in vain but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love he has told us that you, are always, you always have pleasant memories of us, that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may God and the Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you may be blameless and holy in the presence of our God the Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Amen. A beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of writing from the Apostle Paul to the early church. Now, what was striking is the reason why Paul was writing this is because Paul was afflicted. Paul was someone that went through a, a lot, and I mean a lot of persecution in his life. And so he's writing to this community that he really has a special place in his heart because he wants to be with them, but he can't quite be with them. So he sends this gentleman called Timothy, I like he says his co-worker. I like to think they were more than just co-workers. They were good friends. They were brothers in Christ. And he sends Timothy to go and see how this community is doing because he, he's worried for them. You ever been worried for someone? You ever been worried that you wanted to sort of You've been so worried that you've almost you sent someone else to check on them because you don't really want to maybe intrude, but you want to find out how they're doing. 
I know I have. Um, you know, you, you, you're concerned for them. And that's what Paul is showing here in this beautiful way. And so Timothy sees the community and he reports back to Paul and says about how amazing their faith and love is. And so I've got three very simple things that I want to just bring out from this text. And um, I, I trained at a Baptist college and it seemed to me that most Baptist ministers like to have three points. So I'm just going to keep the tradition going today um, and give you three very simple points. And to be honest, if you've been to any wedding in the last few years, you probably have heard these very words as well. So please excuse um, but you might have heard the three words that I'm about to say, but stay with me um, for the next 15 minutes if you can. And it's these three words, faith, hope, anyone guess the last one? Love, bingo. Faith, hope, and love. Because when I was reading this passage, it seemed to me that these characteristics of this community were faith, hope, and love. Because Timothy reported back to Paul and said about their faith, about their faith. That was something which was defining about this community. And it sort of struck me that I wonder if Timothy was to walk into this very room now and walk amongst us, talk with us, worship with us actually. Would he leave here talking about our faith? Would he proclaim about it? Would he write about it? And what I love about the passage as well, it's really clear that it's not just a couple of people that have faith. It's every single person has a faith. And it's strong. Because they're together. I've got a question for you and it's this. How's your faith doing? How is it doing? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to shout it out. Don't worry. <laughs> but in all seriousness, how is it doing? Maybe you don't have a faith. Maybe you had a faith or maybe you're you're trying to exercise faith. Faith's a complicated thing, isn't it? It's tricky. I love what Martin Luther King uh, described faith as. Faith is simply taking the next step on the staircase without knowing the end. Paraphrase the ending of that part. But for some of us today, I think we're in that moment, in that season of our life where actually there's a decision to make maybe. And actually, we have to take that next step on the staircase without knowing where it might lead us, but knowing that God has it. That his will is in it. That his plan is in it for us. How is our faith today? It struck me, actually, when I was in in Ethiopia. um, It's true, I've just come back this morning from Ethiopia. And it's just struck me that actually so often the communities that I met, time after time after time, simply have to live by faith. They have to live by faith for the next rainy season. They have to live by faith for the next meal provision. They have to live by faith for that their children will be safe when they're out and about, when um, their young children have to tend the, the cattle or the sheep that they might have, when they're on the roads. They have to live by faith. And sometimes actually we, we lose that in our culture because actually we have so much stuff. When we strip it back, where is our faith found? Is it found in individuals? Is it found in material possessions? Is it found in our jobs? Where is that faith found for you? Because actually if it's not built on Christ, if your faith is not in God, then I've got bad news for you. Those things will crumble. Those things will go. 
whether it's relationships, whether it's a job, whether it's money, all those things will go in time. But yet the thing that will remain true, I promise, is Christ and Christ alone. Where is your faith at today? That's the starting point of this community that we read about in the early churches, that their faith was strong and united together. When was the last time you encouraged someone in this room in their faith? When was the last time that you asked someone just that real honest question, how are you doing? No, how are, how are you doing? The second thing is hope. What we see here in this passage is that Paul, being persecuted, still had hope for his friends. He still had hope for them in their lives. He had hoped that they would continue to rise up in faith. Again, my, another question for you today is, are you feeling hopeful or hopeless? Maybe there's some situations of that battle that I was talking about earlier on, but actually because it's raging on, that actually we can sometimes lose hope in a situation because actually sometimes these battles can, can drag on, can they not? And so often we can lose our hope But if anyone knew about having hope in the gospel, it was the Apostle Paul. Despite his affliction, despite it all, he knew that all things were working together for the plans and the purpose of what God had. Not for his own plan, you understand? But for God's plan. Because do we want more from God or do we want more of God? an important difference there do we want more of God or more from God I think so often we want more from God we want to take 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 but actually I think we need more of God in our life because if we take more of God in our life that's when we begin to find hope we get perspective on the situations and life that's going on around us I want to challenge us to to want more of God in our lives today to be people that are characterized as individuals that just want to know more about God. To want to delve deeper into his word, into scripture. To allow in worship to be the, the song in our hearts and our, and our lips. And although that might always, not always be easy to do, may we always come back to hope. And the third is love. There's a lot we can say about love, isn't it? <laughs> Love is a complicated thing. (laughs) But we all know that famous passage in scripture, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die so that whoever believes him will not perish but have eternal life. This community was personified by its love to one another, its love to those around it. Might we be just the same as a community as we seek to buy this, this building? Might it be a beacon of our love for this community? Might it shine God's love to, to the streets and to the houses, everyone around it? But also they loved one another in this passage as well. Let's find it. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. 
Paul's prayer for the community is that they would love more and more each other. It might overflow. That's my prayer for us today as well. But actually, our love for one another, our love for what God has done for us, might overflow in all the situations we might find ourselves in, in the next week or two or months or years to come. So that others would see and go, that was a community. They love unconditionally. And I want a bit of that. I want to share a story um, I don't, think, I don't think I've shared it here before. Um, it's a story which I think, to me, demonstrates a lot about God's love, or I hope it does to you, it does to me. Uh, but God's taught me a lot, um, being a parent, um, about love, um, about unconditional love, about forgiveness, about patience. But there was one time when we were living in Stamford, um, when Olivia was... She was probably about three and a bit, I think, at the time. Amelia was a couple of months old, uh, so you might remember her being that small. Um, she's not anymore. And some of you, most of you probably will be aware that Olivia is not biologically mine, um, but she is, um, most importantly, uh, we share a bloodline. Uh, no, we share a love line, not a bloodline. That's what I say. Uh, we share a love line, not a bloodline. And actually, that, for me, is uh, the most important thing. It's that uh, love connection that we have. Now, when I first came into Olivia's life, um, and still now to this day, uh, we never stressed uh, on her what she would call me. She can call me, not say whatever she wants, that's within <laughs> sort of a bit dangerous, especially when she gets teenage years, isn't it? Um, so, you know, but she always respected and called me Matt, and that's what she wanted to call me, which was fine for me. And... Um, one day, um, like any other day, we put her to bed. Um, Amelia was in our room at the time, so she had her own room, and Olivia did. And so the way that our house was set up in Stamford, that we had um, sort of three bedrooms and a bathroom at the top. And so I went to sleep, as I would often do, uh, try and get some sleep uh, with two kids, not always easy. And so one thing that I noticed actually become a dad is that, you know, you're a very light sleeper when it comes to your children. Anyone can resonate with that? As soon as you hear your children's voice at night, you know, even the slightest peep, you, you just wake up, or at least I, I found it to be true. And this night, uh, about two o'clock in the morning, uh, I heard a, a sort of a cry. But it was a different sort of cry than I, I often normally would hear. It wasn't from Amelia, it was from Olivia. And it was crying for Daddy, Daddy Matt. And this was the first time that has ever happened. So... It being two o'clock didn't really matter at that one moment in time. I shot out of bed like I've never shot out of bed before in my life. Trust me, Amy will attest to that. Shot out of bed and sort of, you know, you know when you're sort of sleepy and you're dazed, you don't quite know where you are, but you sort of know your room well enough to find the door. So I found the doorway. And as I sort of stepped out of the doorway, I saw Olivia in the bathroom, distressed, a bit, you know, sort of noticeably unhappy. I went in to check on her. I said, you know, what's the matter? And she was upset and she didn't quite know why she was in the bathroom. So I thought, okay, well, let's just diffuse the situation and let's just go back into the bedroom. Let's just go back to sleep. Anyway, we go back into her room. We share one of those side hugs. Um, you know, us Brits like the side hugs sometimes. Um, anyway, we had that, a side hug um, in the dark. And, and in that moment of that side hug, I heard a sound which, to be honest with you, um, would fear any, you know, brings fear into most people's lives, I think. And it's a sound of like, 
It's the sort of sound you don't want to hear um, ever, quite frankly. Uh, it reminded me of a nightclub ministry that I used to do. Um, I used to do a club ministry where we used to share the gospel in clubs and uh, I'd often hear that sound. And so I thought I had flashbacks at the time, you know. But you kind of got two choices at that moment. You know, you can either, you know, deal with it, take it to the bathroom, or you can leave her. Um, I didn't leave her, don't worry. Um, I instinctively just picked her up. Um, probably not the best thing to do at the time, but that's what I did. My instincts told me. Uh, I picked her up, and I sort of, in a kind of a, that sort of fashion, um, to run to the bathroom. Now, uh, I'm not going to save you all the gory details, because quite, quite frankly, she was sick on me a little bit as we got into the bathroom, and as she got to the toilet bowl and was begun to be sick as if she'd been to Ibiza um, for a, a, a too much of a weekender. Some of you might understand what that means. And so... Two or three minutes in, um, there she was, Olivia, little three-year-old at the time, just being sick into this toilet bowl. And she, when she begun to finish, she turned around and, and looked at me. And I, I had sick on my arm, sick on my leg a little bit. Um, and there's a sick on the floor. Uh, and she was just a picture of just, you know, she was sick all down her nighty. Um, I hope she never listens to this um, you know, later on in life. And she was sick all down her nighty and, you know, on her face. And in that moment of just that mess, I just got on my knees and I just embraced her. I just embraced her and I said, I love you. It's going to be all right. I love you. And she sort of sobbed into my arm and I said, let's get you cleaned up. I've got her cleaned up, new pajamas, put her into bed. Next morning, she woke up like nothing had ever happened. But from that moment onwards, um, she always calls me dad. <laughs> Um, the reason why I, I, whew, I share that is because that's what God does for us. In the midst of the mess, in the midst of all the things that we have done in our lives, he gets on his knees and says, I love you. It's going to be all right. Let's get you cleaned up. You don't have to get cleaned up before you get to God. God cleans you up. But you have to be willing to come to him first and to say, you know what? I'm broken. You know what? I've made some mistakes. You know what? My life isn't perfect. I haven't done everything right. And God says, I know. <laughs> I've watched every single bit of it. But it doesn't change how much I love you. It doesn't change how much I adore you. It doesn't change how much I have a plan and a purpose for your life and what I'm going to do with you. So come with me. And that's the invitation that we have today. And I want to give it to you today. And I want to invite the band up if they uh, are able. And if, the band, if any of the band members are feeling challenged and want some ministry time, don't feel like you have to come and play. Um, it shouldn't be a thing that you feel like you have to. But that's my challenge for you today. Will we be people who be personified by faith, hope, and love? Will we embrace what God has called us to be and to do? Will we come back to him with expectant hearts for what he's going to do today?
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Each one of us has that battle we have raging on. And I'm praying now, as we worship together, as one body, united by love, by faith, by hope, that we fight those battles together. And we press on to the glory of what God has got for us in his mission and his plan. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we want to just come back to you. And I pray that there's some of us in this room that might be feeling like that right now. But actually just say, yeah, I, I feel like that a little bit. I feel like I've sort of wandered away. And actually it's just been a sort of a pattern where I've just been going to the Queen Catherine at 10.30, doing what is expected, what is good, and just nothing ever changes. But actually, as we're out of this routine and we are able just to be challenged by what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Lord, will you meet us? Lord, would you refresh us? Would you renew us? Will we come to know you as our Lord and our Savior? Know of your love today. For those that are feeling that actually your faith has been placed in other things. Ask God to come back into your life. Realign that that vision and cast it onto what God has done. For those that might be feeling hopeless today, Lord, we pray hope into situations. We pray hope into those personal life situations that are going on, those work situations. We pray for hope. We pray for breakthrough. Lord, we pray for a breakthrough when it comes to knowing your love, new and afresh, we might serve you. Lord, where there is doubt, would you make the path clearer today? Yes, Father, we pray now as a, as a one body together, united. Pour out your spirit, I pray, on us. Not because we're perfect, but because we're broken people. Who you love. 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 